What's happening reruns with rerun in them? I don't think that's playing anywhere. Rerun reruns. Rerun reruns. Yeah, no. We, we used to work with a woman who dressed like rerun. <laughs> Did you ever watch What's Happening, Julian? No, nope. I don't believe so. Oh, this should just be our cold open to the intro. But uh, yeah, we worked with a woman who dressed like rerun, the character from What's Happening. Um, okay. I don't want to say it, but. Uh, Tell you what, um, here, real quick, before we do this, let's just move along. <laughs> yeah, it move. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're right. I can, I can do this while talking. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, and we'll spoil it. But first, we talk about some recently watched, which we try not to spoil. And we thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are not professional critics. We do this for free. We're just mm. your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Good evening. So we're going to talk about some, uh, well... That was a good intro, but it was a little fast. Yeah. You slow it down. It'd be perfect. Okay. Just like the Go-Go's. Yeah, it would It would be more melodic and more friendly. This makes it seem like I'm really on it. And yeah. I, I can remember jokes from last week, yeah. whereas I can barely remember what I did yesterday anymore. Yesterday already happened. Yeah. All our troubles seem so... <laughs> Distant. Yeah. Distant? Yeah. No, that's not quite right. Yeah. Well, lyrically, it doesn't work. Um. So recently watched, uh, what do you got, Will? Um, not much. Big, uh, Bigfoot, the JFK tapes. <laughs> big, Bigfoot. He's bigger than Bigfoot. <laughs> I would and watch. he killed JFK along with Dellinger. I would watch the hell out of that. Yes. Well, the, the truth is he wasn't, he wasn't on the grassy knoll. He wasn't in the... Book depository building. He was writing in the in the secret with, with, the, with the Secret Service follow up car with a soap carved AK forty seven. Yeah, but I think it was a M sixteen. But was it an M sixteen? You know, you know, the he thing couldn't that, get enough soap. Yeah, <laughs> to you, carve a full AK forty seven. You know, and much, it would have stood out. It would have been a tiny little gun. Uh huh. And it would be clear that it was fake. There was a there was a horror comic I read as a kid, where this uh, it was a total monkey's paw situation where this woman, who was um, unattractive, had uh, made some wish with some, I don't know, the devil or some 
fortune teller, which whatever. One of those fixer uppers. Yeah, yeah. Some, some, somebody so, who's a fixer. Uh, and she just wanted to be really, really beautiful. And so. Oh, shit. Was there a twist? Believe it or <laughs> it not. It worked out for her. And she was happy. And it was wonderful. Yeah, the she end. Had, she had her own cable show. And, uh-huh. and it ended with a witch with the hood giving the thumbs up. Uh-huh. No, she hey, had a, they can't all be downers. She was beautiful. She had a beautiful body, beautiful face. Her head was giant. <laughs> like she had a tiny. I feel like that goes against the wish. Yes. <laughs> was the genie himself big-headed? Perhaps it just didn't understand proportions. And, yeah, and and had a different view of beauty. Yeah, it's like an early Rod Serling, wasn't it? It's like he comes from a planet with the big heads. Oh, that would be even better. The bobbleheads. Yeah. <laughs> The pig faces, the bobbleheads. What's the difference, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, what have you watched? Oh, hell, who can remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so Bewitched, The Lost Tapes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, no other than Silicon Valley wrapping up last week. I've I've not watched a whole lot this week. Did you like Dinesh's chain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they gave him so much crap. Yeah, Gilfoyle gave him a real Everybody time. gave him crap. They did. That. Did you like when... Uh... <laughs> Hold on a sec. Does that look like anybody we worked with? Yes. <laughs> we worked with a woman who dressed like Rerun. And oh, Andy... that's, that's Rerun, is it? Yeah. Andy used to call her Rerun. See, I'm not going to say her name, but yeah. I, yeah. I grew up in England, so all we had was cricket. <laughs> right. Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who and cricket on that one channel. Yeah. Yeah. You, British we, something, something. It was, there was no TV. It was just all performed live at the Globe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to run down there and watch the cricket match in the Doctor Who episode. Yeah. You know, Doctor Who performed on a stage might be just as good as some of those early episodes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, especially the William Hartnell ones. Yeah, where they're, you know, real cardboard sets, and you can tell, like, nobody's getting paid for this show. (laughs) No. No, when you've got a whisk and a plunger as part of your robot, then, you know. So, um... Jolene, what about you? Anything new uh, since I last time? I finally watched uh, No Time to Die. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Is that the new Bond movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, haven't. Okay. Well, I won't spoil it I'm like for three, anybody. I'm three movies behind on the Bond stuff. Okay. Yeah, 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 I didn't watch Spectre. I've been meaning to, and then I heard not so great things about it, but I heard not so great things about Skyfall, and I ended up enjoying that as ridiculous as some parts of it were, but... It's a James Bond film. They're chalk block full of ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, what do you think yeah. you're going to watch? Exactly. You know, there's going to be something that pushes your belief, you know, your, your disbelief too far. Yeah. You're like, mm, I don't know that the tires would fill up with helium like that and could cause the car to float away. But whatever, James Bond. Yeah. This is a, this is a series where a, where a guy gets filled up with gas and floats away to an explosion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's how the body works. Totally. 
So how did so you liked the movie? Yeah, yeah, it's really I'm beautiful looking. Yeah. Oh, Especially nice. the opening, like when they're in, in Italy, they're up in this hill town in Italy. It's gorgeous. Oh, good. And they end up in uh, off of uh, the coast of Hokkaido, where I used to live. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to spoil it. It's very good looking. Well, we can, we can say that Daniel Craig is a really good James Bond. My favorite. Yeah. He's, I like him a lot. I have, yeah, I have no issues with him. Um, I, I'm surprised he's in Tomb Raider, or whichever one it was. Was it Tomb Raider? Was he? He's in one of the Lara Croft movies. Really? He's just a thug. He's okay. just a goon <laughs> who gets dispatched at some point. Oh, he did that for Star Wars too. Yeah, it's but you know he he paid his dues and then now he's James Bond. Yeah, I, I find that like I thought Casino Royale was perfect. I just love it. It's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. but the rest of this, the Daniel Craig series, that um, they kind of burrow into a character that I'm not that interested in burrowing into, mm-hmm. and uh, um, also I don't think they nail the action like the old ones did. Maybe it's the editing. I know it's they've got definitely like, the editing on that second top, one. Top stunt people, but. There's something that doesn't quite land about the action in, in this batch. Yeah, I felt the that the action in the uh what was that, Quantum of Solace? Is that the second one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I felt that they were going for a born identity, right. real choppy, fast editing, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um it didn't bother me in Skyfall, I don't remember. Maybe it's the music, or, or there's some there's some combination but, of things. Yeah. But like uh, the violence in the the older ones, uh, uh, really lands. Mm-hmm. The, the impacts of the fights and so on. The new ones, it doesn't quite. Uh, yeah. Something a little off for me. Although I think Casino Royale is probably pretty close to perfect James Bond movie. Yeah, I love it. You know. Very happy to see that one in the theater. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. I'm going to have to watch uh, whatever this last one is. No Time to Die. No Time to Die. Never yeah. say die. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time to die. Jimmy <laughs> Bond. Yeah. So uh, anything else on the list? No. Nope. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the mark of a busy week. So Bigfoot or UFOs this week? Um, no, I kind of took a little... St- Little side, uh, little diversion from that stuff. Uh, I watched a 1990 documentary. It's more of a montage mishmash of stuff. Um, it's called Death in Hollywood. Have you ever seen this one? They just kind of basically go through and talk about all the unusual and or conspicuous ways people in Hollywood have died. You know, like yeah. the, the George Reeves suicide and uh, Jane Mansfield's untimely death and James Dean and uh, Salmineo, Salminio, rather. Um, William F- Frawley dying uh, in the street. Oh, which one was that? <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. Uh, <laughs> Charles McGraw died in the shower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, Bob Crane getting beaten to death in oh. very suspicious circumstances. Yeah. He was into a whole sex filming kind Watch of. Watch focus. That's. Yeah, yeah. Was, Man. Was it Greg Kinnear played him? Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't ever watch Hogan's Heroes no. after watching that movie. No. Although, to be fair, 
I couldn't watch Hug and See Rose before that because <laughs> yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, uh, it was on after school. Yep. And we had no other channels. Well, we had three channels. And do you know what other tasteful film was made on the set of Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> I'm going to guess it was a Nazi exploitation movie. Yes, it was Ilsa. Ilsa was made really? on Really? So I'll recognize the everything. I'll <laughs> the rec- coffee pot, radio, <laughs> yeah, the, all of that is in there. The, the stump that's an escape hatch out of the I, prison I camp? I've, I've never seen Hogan's Heroes. But oh, yeah. Apparently they used the set from that for Ilsa. You're missing out. The first Ilsa movie. Um, I could see Ilsa and Colonel Hogan together. Yeah. They'd yeah. be filming it, but. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Death in Hollywood, it was just basically like, uh, and then this is this crazy thing, how this person died. And now there's this other crazy thing, how this person died. And it was just like from one to the next to the next. And they weren't in any particular chronological order. It's like, I'm thinking we're working our way through time. No, we're not. Now we're talking about one from the late thirties. Now we're talking about one from 1957. Now we're talking about this other one. And, and, but, um, it, uh, kind of came right off the heels of something else I was watching. So I just stayed with it. Um, it was on Tubi and sometimes Tubi is like coming up in 10 seconds. This other movie, nine, eight, seven, you're going to opt out. No, you're not. Oh, (laughs) you You, you couldn't find the remote? You're, guess now you're, you're watching Light Blast. <laughs> right. Um, you're welcome. Who Killed Nancy is another documentary about Nancy Spungen, who was okay. w- with um, Sid Vicious and the Sex God, Pistols. I was hoping you were going to say Nancy Reagan. <laughs> I knew I knew time hadn't worked that way, but... It would be interesting. It would make, it would make a very interesting movie. Somebody Nancy would... Reagan was murdered in the White House. With a ray break, gun. With a ray gun. That would be great. Well, there are stories about her in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Those? Um, <laughs> those stories are something else. Yeah, huh. yeah look up uh-huh. how Nancy Reagan became Nancy Reagan. What was the nickname for her? Uh, I don't remember her nickname the, the, off the, Hoover? the top. Of Basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. She was very skilled. Okay. We'll say. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, and then I watched... Um, Evidently oh. enough so that she stood out in Hollywood. Oh, man. <laughs> Until she met Mert Milton Berle. <laughs> well, she decided. And is that how she was murdered? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so who killed Nancy was uh, other theories of how Nancy Spungen died versus the accepted official story from the police that Sid Vicious stabbed her. It was Dellinger. <laughs> With the soap gun. Fucker killed everybody. <laughs> uh, so uh, this one, you know, it it's hard to tell. It, it's, it's what, the late 70s and everyone's just messed up on heroin and... Uh, Disco. Yeah, the disco's reared its ugly head and, you know, the the, the punks are trying to still, you know, make a tour happen. and People fighting werewolves under fairground rides. Right. Yeah. yeah there's all kinds of shit going wrong here. Um, or right. It's totally possible Sid Vicious didn't kill her. But he ended up dead a couple days after he got bailed out. And so... We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, I'm going to say he probably did. I don't know, man. She was known for, like, cutting and stabbing herself, so... 
she could have just gone too far with that. Maybe. I'm not trying to excuse any behaviors that he might have had, but sure. she was known for self-mutilation. Okay. Among other things. Um, Theory of Obscurity, a film about the residents. This is a documentary from 2015 about the band The Residents. Um, kind of didn't know they started out as a bunch of hippies, but uh, they did make some really unusual music, and I'd seen it here and there, you know, like little video clips of it, and uh, it was always the guys with the, you know, the top hats and tails and the big eyeball heads, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I thought, oh, I kind of want to know more about them. Let's just watch this documentary. So it it was uh, it was interesting enough, and also their identities are pretty well shielded. So mm-hmm. you don't know much about them as people, but there are people who were performers as part of the act who could talk a little bit about what it was like. So that was Interesting. cool. Yeah. So, uh, Rosemary's baby is uh, what we chose. Um, cause that is my recently watched. Um, it's what I chose. 1968, uh, psychological horror film. Should we call it that? Is it psychological for the most part? We don't get any physical horror to speak of till the uh, rape scene and then the weird come meet your baby. Rock that. Well, this is a classic example of a horror movie that can work without the supernatural. Yeah. Because it's about paranoia and controlling the woman. It does rely on paranoia more than pretty much anything else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, gaslighting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of gaslighting going on in this movie. There's possession of her body, even without the yeah, there's cloven hoofed one. Yes, um, this was um, uh, based on the Ira Levin book. Roman Polanski wanted to follow it very closely, mm-hmm. and my understanding is it's as close as it gets. Yeah, Ira Levin was very pleased. Yeah, I would. Think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've got any ego at all as an author, you're very happy when a director says, "Hey, I've written the screenplay and I've directed this, and check it out." Yeah, I understood that he wasn't quite sure how to write an adaptation, so he did it just yes. just condensed the book because it was his first English language film, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. He's like you know? thirty-three or four. Uh huh. He, I mean, as reprehensible as he is later he has a fascinating childhood of growing up in love with movies but not being able to see movies because mm-hmm. he's in poland in world war ii mm-hmm. and i think he found a scrap of a film or something and just stared at it for <laughs> ever he basically you you read about him and it's like wow this kid understood movies so well, and I think he'd only seen like maybe one movie before the war. Wow, you know, but he spent the whole war just thinking about movies and just you know, yeah, if this obsessively, was... yeah. So he was probably making movies in his head, yeah, exactly. Which is you know, where a lot of great art happens is between your ears before you finally, you know, make it into a tangible thing, and you know, this is, this is a, a, probably a good upfront thing to say to the listeners is that we're going to be separating the art from the artist in the sense that, yes, there were some very bad choices that he made as a person, but this is a piece of art that he participated in making. And, uh, it's, it's pretty outstanding art. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. He also made Chinatown, which is <laughs> in my top ten. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so Will Will's on Team so Perfect. He did Knife in the Water uh-huh. and Repulsion. Uh-huh. And Fearless Vampire Killers and then Rosemary's Baby, is that? Um I can uh, Was it Fear sh- Yeah, it was Fearless Vampire Killers before Rosemary's Baby, I believe. Yeah. And then he came over to America. And then he came over here, yeah. Baby. Yeah, let's see. Um, Repulsion was 65. And then some terrible things happened. Yeah, Knife in the Water was 62. Repulsion, 65. Cul-de-sac, 1966. Fearless Vampire Killers, a.k.a. Dance of the Vampires, 1967. Mm-hmm. Which um, is campy. It's terrible. Yeah, it, let's just straight up say it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if if uh, you want to see Sharon Tate in something, then I guess she's that's also in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah she is. Yeah. This is true. Don't blink. But... And if you want to watch Planet of the Apes uh, or uh, Rosemary's Baby, either way, you get to see uh, Morris Evans. So, uh, so this was um, uh, Charles Grodin's feature film debut. Yeah, he plays a doctor. Yeah. yeah. So there's all kinds of like the cast is great in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the show, we watched a uh, Subaru commercial with Ruth Gordon. <laughs> She's she got the Oscar for this, didn't she? Yeah, like yeah. best supporting actress, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She's great. Yeah, she is just. Oh, what do you what do you even call that kind of character? <laughs> the pest. <laughs> it was it was an archetype. Um, I know we're all over the board right now. Before we kind of get into. The, the plot but uh ruth gordon let's see uh she let's see she academy was... awards um ruth gordon did win um uh polanski was uh nominated but did not win best screenplay based on material from another medium but uh yeah maybe they had a little huddle and went you know something um this guy just condensed the book let's not give it to him this time at least Let's see if he writes something for real. Uh, this one um, had a budget of $3.2 million, which in 1968 bucks was a lot of money. It made $33.4 million. So In 68 bucks? Yeah, in 1968 bucks. Maybe 69 bucks hey, by what then. What would you call those, Nixon bucks? <laughs> they were tricky dick bucks. Tricky <laughs> dick bucks. Would it, would it Worthless. <laughs> right. Except inside the park. Right. Um, so it 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 uh, is it in, is it a sort of a witchy thing that it made its money back tenfold? Ooh, mm-hmm. just nice. throwing that out there, you guys. Uh, Jolien, do you want to talk about William Castle and why this would have been a very different picture? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was he he ended up as the producer. He's in it as well. He's outside yeah. the telephone booth, but um, yeah. Yeah, so he he done all these these movies like The Tingler and House and Haunted Hill and so on, these gimmick movies. Yeah. So was, yeah, so I, I think he he picked up this property, and uh, he before sh- it was before it was published, right? Yeah, and it, he brought the galleys to was it Paramount? I think it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, and it was an exciting. Uh, script but um they uh gave it to 
Roman Polanski. Who, who knew Roman Polanski? Someone, someone knew this hotshot director who's coming over, and he wanted him to have it instead of William Castle. And William Castle was good enough. To... Um, Robert Evans was the yes, executive yes, yes. at Paramount. Ah, uh, yes. yes, that's right. The kid stays in the picture. For anyone who hasn't seen that documentary, watch uh, that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that would have been really different. Uh, I want. Maybe he was trying to get away from the gimmick films. Yeah. Although it would have been interesting to see what sort of gimmick he got with yeah. his baby. Yeah. Um, Evans uh, recalled Castle bringing him the galley proofs of the book and asked him to purchase the film rights even before Random House published it yeah. in 67. This is crazy because he actually had to take out a mortgage on his house to buy to, to buy the rights to this. And... It it was obviously that good to him. I mean, it, it was clear to him that it's that good. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, I'm going to actually do my top shelf thing finally. Yes. I'm going to direct a top shelf thing. <laughs> hey, no, when Satan calls you and tells you he, <laughs> he wants you to make a movie. You answer. <laughs> then you get cheated. <laughs> and it ends up being some guy from Poland. <laughs> no, but the studio had recognized the potential of the movie and... Uh, Agreed to make it with the stipulation that Castle, with his reputation for his low-budget, gimmicky schlock, uh, could produce but not direct. Yes. So that's fine, as it turns out. Yeah. It's a good idea, because we got this instead of... Uh, the Tangler. The tang like, <laughs> what, what do you think his gimmicks... Let's riff here. <laughs> what could have his... Cause, I think he'd have a live baby hidden backstage that they'd poke with a pen. He'd start crying near the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it couldn't be a recording. That wouldn't work. No. Uh, it would have to be a real baby. No, for listeners who don't know, Castle had... Uh, Skeletons on invisible wires flying yes, through the, the Emerjo. Yeah, Emerjo vision. <laughs> yeah, I went to see I went to see the Tingler where they wired the seeds. Oh with the with the joy buzzers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, was it fun? Yeah, oh yeah, it was a riot. Yeah. I can see that being fun. Yeah. Now were there people in the audience who didn't know about it? No, this is like at the Scala, so everyone was like into yeah, it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. People yeah. were like screaming. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know, staying up late to watch The Tingler, it's not great by itself. No, and I enjoy it because it's been surprising. Yeah, it's got enjoyable bits, but it, it's not its not a great movie. It's kind of got this, like, uh, uh, you know, with um, William Castle doing Rosemary's Baby, it's like uh, uh, The Tingler, it's like William Castle doing The Tingler, but you, you, you keep thinking, what if David Cronenberg did the same plot? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Ooh, damn. Because it, it, it's got a lot of Cronenberg elements it to it. It is a Cronenbergian sort of thing. Cronenberg-esque? Dickensian. Yeah. <laughs> no, D Dickensian would have nothing to do with this. Um, the cast. Um, I mean, they could have gone wrong here, but didn't. Uh, oh, real quick before we... Before we uh, divert away from the the development stage of this um so we did end up with uh polanski instead of castle directing uh apparently um hitchcock was offered this but yeah you know legend has it that he was offered this and declined i don't mm -hmm. know if that's official uh information or if that's just legend but uh but 
So what they, would this be like if it was more Hitchcocky? Oh man, if this was Hitchcocky, <laughs> who knows? Like more suspenseful. He's good at paranoia and suspense. Yeah, maybe he was shied away from the supernatural. Perhaps, yeah. Element. It certainly wouldn't have been as close to the book. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so in casting this, um, they had considered Tuesday Weld, um, Polanski's own fiance Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Additionally, um, Jane Fonda, Patty Duke, Goldie Hawn. So I could imagine Patty Duke in this role. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is just strange to imagine because she, had she done the miracle worker by this point? I don't know. She probably would have already. But uh, yeah, she had done that kind of campy TV show where she played twins. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Fonda was still pretty young. She could have played this. I mean, not, none I think of they were identical cousins. Yeah. According to the song. Yes. They were identical cousins. Not wherever that works. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's maybe some secrets in the family that, you know, don't shake the family tree too hard. You don't <laughs> want to find out what nuts are going to fall out. Well, there's no branches on that tree. <laughs> Just a stick. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they, they ended up with Mia Farrow. Uh, are you guys familiar with a dandy in Aspic or Guns uh, at Patasi? I don't know this. I don't know these movies. No, I've I've not seen either one of them. So, one she had just been in, and the next one she was yet to release. Mm, okay, but uh, but they liked the cut of her jib. They said she's just right for this. Mm-hmm. And then she cut her hair. <laughs> They're like, oh no, what do we do? Well, they put a wig on her for the first part of the movie anyway. So, um, yeah, production and casting seemed to go quickly to plan as though some supernatural force was at work. <laughs> I like how they have uh, Victoria Vecchi playing a woman who they say looks like Victoria Vecchi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got a guy who looks like uh, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> uh, Morris Evans plays Hutch. Yes. And uh, as previously mentioned, he was Samantha Stevens's father, Maurice, on Bewitched. Although it's spelled the same, he pronounced it Morris. So, uh, yeah, you got Planet of the Apes and Rosemary's Baby. Man, that guy was raking it in right about then. Good year. Yeah. Um, John... Okay, the Castavet's name and Casavetti's is just, I, I, I'm going to screw this up. Yeah. Was it deliberate that they, they named the, the guy? It's uncanny, and he's also Roma. Yeah, 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 we've, we've got Roman, and uh, yeah, this is just messing me up right and left with these names. Oh, there's so much strange stuff associated with this film. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even bring up the Dakota. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, the the building, the very building. Now, now the the interiors are all sets. Yes, yeah, much like The Shining. Uh huh. But um, yeah, the Dakota. Do you do you all have a little background on that? Other than John Lennon was murdered there some I years mean, later. That, that's the only thing I, yeah. I really know of the Dakota. Yeah, but I'm sure other 
things happened there. It was built in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what the... Uh, I could probably click over to that pretty easily. Uh, let's see. I don't know if that's really important. But um, the Dakota was... Um, a stand-in for the exterior shots of the Bramford, which is the fictitious building, I guess. I don't think there is a real Bramford. But let's see. Um, Let's see if I can find the Dakota here for you guys. See if we could get some facts about it. But um, I do know that, um, that Mia Farrow was friends with John Lennon and... Of course, that was probably really weird for her to have that connection to that building. Uh, the building is a co-op now. I do know that. And that uh, they can pretty much accept or reject any uh, any new possible tenants or, uh, I don't know if they rent or own. It was Evo Shandor <laughs> who built the Dakota. Is, is that the name? Shandor? Yes, Evo Shandor. That's an evil sounding name. <laughs> if you look it up, you'll you'll get that. Okay. I wish I had been a little quicker. Okay. I have to edit some of this out. Yeah. So I sound smarter. <laughs> hey, I can I can fix that up for you, no problem. Um Yeah, uh there there was a uh there was a whole lot going on with with the interiors on this that uh I always thought we're just like, oh man, I don't know how they got this whole thing worked out in this old building, but it turns out, well, they just built it in California and hung out there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even in New York. Yeah. Movie magic. That's what they call it. So- Mia Farrell wasn't even really pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but she almost did get run over. That's true. That, that is true. Roman Polanski was just like, yeah, just they're not going to hit a pregnant woman. Just wander, no one, yeah. wander into traffic. And he used a handheld to keep that kind of live feel, that chaotic live feel. Uh-huh, yeah. And just walked out after her. And mm-hmm. hey, I guess it worked out nicely. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> yeah. get hit by a car. Luckily. Yeah. Uh, do you want to run down the plot real quick for us, Will? Uh, You're good at this. Yeah, there's a new couple in the in the Bramford. Uh-huh. Bramford. And uh they meet the next door neighbors who seem like a kindly, if not sort of imposing uh elderly couple. Mm-hmm. And uh the uh husband is a playwright, but he hasn't been doing so hot. And uh, they're taking care of a woman they picked up off the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. Picked up off the sidewalk. Yes. Is that a foreshadowing if you ever saw a one? Little. Or, yeah, <laughs> foreshadowing with words if you ever heard one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Go on. Um, yeah, so then strange things start happening. Now, um, how do you both feel about Guy as a character when you meet him? I mean, is he is he uh, kind of shallow and inconsiderate? Is he kind of stupid? Yeah, he's an actor. Oh, and he, <laughs> he, he he reminds me of um, uh, Stanton from um, Nightmare Alley. Oh yeah, because he's he's got this woman that she's useful to him. 
he likes having a pretty woman ar- around, um, but uh, he doesn't really love her. He's out for himself. Yeah, he like he likes having someone who's devoted to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's um, he's only interested in his own gain, and uh, he's not worried about her cost in the whole mess. That kind of I think sums it up for his character. He's not a good person. Um, in fact, I think we have like, other than the friends who come over for the party, we only have a couple of good people in this movie. <laughs> when, when you find out later, basically the, the doctor who's not Saperstein. Yeah. And, uh, Rosemary. That, that's kind of, and maybe the girl that ends up on the sidewalk. Yeah. That's kind of it, isn't it? Like as far as who's good in this movie. Yeah. Hutch and yeah, um, aren't aren't they all part of the coven by the end of it? Well, Hutch isn't because he gets killed by them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Hutch is not one of them. Sorry, um, he was the one missing the thumb, the fingers, right? Hutch. I'm trying to remember which one was missing the fingers, but um, yeah. Um, so so Guy has uh, been recognized, sort of. Theoretically, by the overbearing old neighbors, the, uh-huh. the, the pests. Although they kind of act like they haven't seen anything, but they totally recognize him. So that's like if she's more observant, Rosemary would have noticed. Eh, they wouldn't have known him. Why do they know him? Because they don't watch TV. They don't go out to the movies or whatever it is they said. Yeah. And, and the, the play that he was in, he claims knowledge to that. Weren't you the understudy and mm-hmm. Luther and all this kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, eh, you, okay, maybe you know his work, but have you just had secret meetings with him? Come on, you guys. <laughs> have you just had secret meetings with my husband? Are you planning something here? Are you sure? But they, um, um, so, so Terry, the, the girl that the, uh, that the uh, Castavets are helping, Mm-hmm. The Cassavetes, the Castavets. Um, she has like what one decent conversation with Rosemary in the laundry yeah. room. Yeah, and she talks about how great they are and how they're helping her out. And she doesn't she mention that they're giving her vitamins and stuff, herbs and vitamins. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of like they're grooming her for the to be the vessel for the satanic baby mm-hmm. or the birthing of Satan. Satan wants to take human form. Yeah. And he just wants some young woman to... Yeah, I'm not sure if they're using her as a vessel or if they're just sacrificing her as... A sacrifice. Sort of form of currency, but mm. I'm not sure what she's... I could swear she says something about them giving her the vitamins. Yeah, yeah I took it as like she was the original... Choice. Choice. Okay. And she kills herself. Or is, or is railing against it and gets murdered. Yeah. One of the two. Like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to do it with Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but, you know, you, you bring up the, the, the husband and the, and the elderly couple and do they know each other? But I don't think that they did. I think they were just creepy theater people. They may have known, but he didn't know them is I guess what I want to say. Hmm. I don't think he was part of it until he met them. 
So you're saying Guy is not a good enough actor to pull it off? That he's already had these secret meetings and he's acting like he doesn't know them? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe so. He's just doing crappy car commercials. And... Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's tempted by them fairly early on, um, because he goes. He says he's leaving, um, but then he goes next door. Yeah, I believe that's the first time he actually uh, goes over to to see them. I don't believe until he moved into the building with with Rosemary. Uh, I don't believe they knew him. You don't have to take a very long walk down a hall before someone could pop out and be like, hey, come here a minute. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had some weird, you know, run-ins with neighbors in elevators or hallways Mm -hmm. where you could kind of say, well, you know, (laughs) it's just mind of my own business and some weirdo pops out. Next thing I know, I'm in their place, you know, meeting them and seeing things and whatever. I I think it was more deliberate than that. Well, I think he, because he lies to Rosemary, he says he's going somewhere, but then yeah. he goes next door. Yeah. I suppose he could have popped out and just lured him in, but I took it as being, that's his first real deception. Yeah, uh, he gets pretty close to the cast of Ets pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And Rosemary is like, she's not enamored with them, but she thinks, well, they're, they're, they're a little, uh, pesky but they're nice enough and they mean and they mean well and here's this terrible smelling uh pendant that minnie gave her Mm -hmm. you know it's from europe just wear it you know or whatever (laughs) i don't know what she actually said but that was the sentiment i like the way she says pregnant as well she's pregnant 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 uh there's a there's a oh god was is it ohio or there's a place where they add extra syllables sometimes, like Disney. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so maybe she's from wherever that is. I'll have to think of another one that they say. But yeah, so uh, how come you're not pregnant yet? You should be having lots of babies. <laughs> she's such a pest. Um, Tannis Root. Okay, so this good luck charm that me... Yes, I was going to say Tannis Root. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the the fictitious tannis root. It's like wolfsbane or uh, tannin leaves or whatever. You know, all those things that were sort of made up or exaggerated for movies. Um, Guy is cast in a play as a lead actor because because the the, uh, uh, the original lead man inexplicably goes blind. Mm-hmm. What what could have caused that? Mm-mm. Yeah. So that was a lucky bounce. So his acting career is taking off all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just coincidentally. Yeah. You meet some pests that all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're skyrocketing to fame. In this movie, how are you feeling so far the first time you saw this? Like, are, are you kind of waiting for the evil to happen? Or are you Are you getting vibes of it this early on? You know something's going on. You know there's a secret door. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. The secretary's in the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like an eight-foot-tall piece of furniture. <laughs> I mean, and it, it, it all, the film, like, it's all centered around Rosemary. hmm And uh, you have all these, like, odd camera angles creeping in more and more. And, uh, and you, you know something's going on around her. You don't know how big it's going to be how many people are in it yeah 
Yeah, and this one... Because um, you think it may just be the neighbors. You don't know what they're up to, but there's something. Yeah. They're definitely... And it's not till later that you start realizing, oh, there's way more people in this. Yeah. And then when she goes to the doctor, and yeah. you realize, damn, everybody's involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I think you only know as much as she does, don't you? Yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't. Yeah, they don't let you in on anything else, do they? Mm-hmm. No, which is how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, I suppose you rewatch, you pick things up that you didn't notice the first time. But I want to pay more attention to the camera work next time I watch this because you oh, mentioned it's this. So good. Oh yeah, because the camera work's fantastic. Because I, I'm wondering, does it does it go from more straightforward movements to a little different yeah. as it becomes more paranoid? Yeah, you get lots of like hi hat angles and yeah. Um, coming in more and more yeah and the cinematographer william a fraker um this is somebody who had uh been nominated a bunch of times for academy awards and i don't know that he ever won but um here's a quick list of some stuff that he best cinematographer uh, nominee uh, murphy's romance war games um, 1941, Heaven Can Wait, Looking for Mr. Goodbar, uh, Best Visual Effects, also 1941, um, BAFTA Awards, he was nominated, and, uh, finally, uh, wins American Society of Cinematographers Lifetime Achievement Award in 2000. Um, Cameron... I thought you were going to say, he finally wins for a movie like Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. and then he promptly died right. he finally wins when the other nominee goes blind so oh oh yes something crazy that would be great but uh some other stuff surrounding this that not necessarily uh nominated for well he was nominated for uh, bullet also mm. 1968 um yeah. but he did paint your wagon day of the dolphin uh exorcist to the heretic okay um when are we going to review that one? Oh, hey, maybe we should. Uh, best little whorehouse in I'm Texas. <laughs> not quite sure that I can sit through Exorcist Two again, but again, the, so <laughs> but it, it would spark interesting conversations to say the least. Oh yeah, um, I wanted to throw I wanted to throw this out there. Um, if this movie were made today, instead of uh, the the chocolate mousse having a uh, chalky undertaste. Wouldn't she just say weird mouthfeel? <laughs> Isn't that the term people use now? <laughs> it's got a weird mouthfeel. Yeah, but mouthfeel is not taste. It's it's not. Well, undertaste would chalk. Chalky is a texture. Chalky undertaste. No, it's also does, a flavor. Does chalk have a flavor? Chalk has a flavor. Yeah, I guess I Chalk and cheese. <laughs> I've never tried it. No, that's... <laughs> they used to sell chalk as cheese. Oh, God. That's where that comes from. Oh, that's terrible. That's why people started dying cheese yellow. Did people go to jail for this? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. It was England. You went to jail for everything. Did they put you in a tower and chop your head off? I'm sure they killed you in some gruesome way. (laughs) True? Is this not true? Mm -hmm. Jolien's shrugging like he doesn't know. (laughs) He's shrugging because he's going, yeah, Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, we, it came up with a lot of really... Before you know, we had television, you had to get you a jolly somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. We went to a public execution. <laughs> sure. sure. Charles yeah. Dickens wrote about them. There's like... He records crowds of 10,000 plus. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. Some of those hangings. I believe it was Charles Dickensy. 
Yeah. So uh, uh, the chocolate mousse was drugged with chalk, uh-huh. some kind of drug chalk. I keep thinking of a chocolate mousse head <laughs> or a mousse head made of chocolate, I should say. It sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Minnie Castavet gives them dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Guy says something about, oh, I walked past some bakeries, I totally forgot to buy pie. And Minnie to the rescue, she brings over the moose. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was drugged, obviously, because all of a sudden uh, Rosemary's like, oh, my hands are huge. <laughs> I'm freaking out, She dumps man. it in a napkin. After she has a bite. Yeah. But, you know. Too late. Yeah, the drugs are all on top. But, uh, yeah, um, so uh, she's hallucinating being raped by a demon. Do you think she was really raped by a demon, or do you think that was a hallucination? Oh, well, it leaves it ambiguous, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know, man. I kind of feel like I, I want to be told. I want to be told what to, what to believe here. No, it's better if you don't know. It's creepier. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all warpy and weird and blurry around the Is edges. Is this really happening? Yeah. Yeah, and they're... Does they're, she really have a demon baby at the end? Um, I think she does, but... Uh, does she? It's not... You don't think it's or clear? Or she, she finally snapped, and she's as warped as everybody else now. But what's they in it for... They finally broke her down. What's in it for them? They want to. They want to bring Satan into. Phys- well, they're they're deluded. Oh, okay. they could be. I thought they were. I mean, per- they they're true believers. Okay, let's say, but that doesn't mean that Satan's real. Satan is real. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the song will tell you so. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, we should put that at the end of this. I hope you do. Is it the Leuven Brothers. The Leuven Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Satan is real. Greatest album cover of all time. Yes, okay. <laughs> it really is. And a pretty good story about them, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that should they be a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a rough story. So, a country music duo with that struggled with alcoholism? No. What? That doesn't happen. Now you'll tell me. Next you'll tell me that Hank Williams had a problem with heroin. Yeah. Didn't have a problem with it. He didn't have a problem with it at all. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so we get, so far, uh, spousal drugging followed by spousal rape. uh, Or, you know, at least he's... Guy cops to it. He says, well, uh, you didn't want to miss out on baby night. So, yeah, you were passed out, but uh, I took care of business. I don't think those are the words he uses, but he implies this um, because she has scratches on her. Mm-hmm. He says he did that. He got a little yep. wild yes. with her yep. you know, unresponsive he needs to body. File his nails, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he got a little a little rough with her. Yeah, that's what, that's what he says. Yeah, need, yeah. Need to file my nails. Mm-hmm. Mm. So and Polanski directed this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not Bill Cosby. Ooh. Roman Polanski. Um, what do you mean your Jello pudding has a chalky undertaste? Oh, oh. why? <laughs> How different is Jello pudding? <laughs> no, why? Why? Why, cause why? <laughs> How different is Jello pudding from a chocolate mousse? With the chalky undertaste. Oh my God! So. <laughs> 
well, Rosemary get, gets pregnant out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. She eats the chalky dessert. She's victimized by Guy or Satan. We're not sure which. Yeah. And uh, then um, she has no choice but to go to Dr. Saperstein. No one's having it any other way. She doesn't get to pick her own doctor. No. She really doesn't get to do anything. She's, you know. She's not really able to participate in her own life at this point, is she? Yeah, she's been completely controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Minnie is bringing... She she has these little rebellions like a haircut and... Yeah. Yeah, the haircut was great. Throwing a party for her friends and stuff like that, were you working with Liz W. when she dressed as Rosemary, as Rosemary for mm-hmm. Halloween? Mm-hmm. I think it was the year, it was either the year at the art supply store for listeners who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, I think it was either the year that I dressed up as Ozzy Osbourne or <laughs> Sean from Shaun of the Dead. I'm not sure which, but uh, I, I would say Liz definitely won the. There was no official contest, but she won the contest. Okay. She she had a short wig for a woman who has very long hair. It was kind of weird. <laughs> and she had a some kind of house coat or nightgown and a butcher knife. So that was just that was her costume. It was great. Um yeah, so like you said, she's uh being controlled. Mm-hmm. Um wh- what do you think that would be like now if someone tried to do that? Oh, we'd have to throw on the internet. A lot of social media watching her, you know. You wouldn't be able to get online without getting pounced on by the uh, the cast of Ets and uh huh, and everybody else that's yeah. in the coven or whatever you call it. Yeah, there there definitely be some a lot of shots. The group, yeah, group <laughs> group chats. Uh, yeah, there'd be a lot of shots of the screen with. Little little green bubbles showing that someone's online or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have to go into her having a background as some uh, you know reclusive community where she's uh, expected to be passive and yeah, so she can be manipulated by men. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting, you say that. Didn't Ira Levin write? Um, he, didn't he write another little story yeah, about that, women being manipulated? Yeah, it came out in 1972 <laughs> as a movie. Yeah, he did uh, The Stepford Wives. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he wrote Death Trap. He wrote the play. Really? Yeah, but that was the... Uh, Boys the, from Brazil. Yes. Yeah. Wow, this guy's got some some good credits also. Wow. Um, I'm looking to see if there were any other... Uh, Exorcist of, 2 he, he, he did write Son of Rosemary And Street Fighter <clears throat> Street Fighter Which he won an Academy Award for <laughs> Right uh, Yeah, Boys from Brazil Kiss Before Dying A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff Yeah, Sean Young was in that mm-hmm. That was the remake Yeah. Oh, okay as far as far as like uh, the gaslighting and the controlling, she's what do you think? Half an hour into the movie, and she's completely uh, in their bubble that they've made for her. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, small rebellions, uh, the haircut and the party, the party. Yes, she decided to throw a Christmas party. Yeah, did you notice like uh, 
she keeps having booze through a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Because that, that wasn't a thing at all back then. Yeah, no. They, yeah, they weren't worried about it. They had the vodka blushes up with the Castavets. Yeah, there, there was like scientific knowledge about the alcoholic effects on pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it wasn't until like 73 the reports started coming out saying like there's, there's a direct link to so the defects. So the so the doctors were standing there and decided to put their cigarette out. Oh, and yeah. Go, yeah, hey, yeah. listen. Yeah, you, you've watched like 50s movies and they're standing there in the maternity ward with cigarettes. And... I did like that about going back to last week's movie, uh, Nightmare Alley, that people smoked like yes. trains. Yes. Nobody can wear a hat right, but they could, They did get the smoking right. Yeah. I didn't bring up the hat thing, but people want to wear fedoras all scrunched down like it's a baseball cap or something. Yeah. And it's supposed to sit up on your head more. Yeah. Tilt over one eye. Yeah. Give it that jaunty little tilt. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Rosemary uh, ends up in a mysterious coma, and uh, she wants to see Doctor Hill instead of Doctor Saperstein all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, Guy is arguing against it, saying that Saperstein's going to be offended. And uh, Rosemary suddenly starts being able to feel the baby move instead of pain. Now she's got baby's kicking and everything's cool um the next the next part uh that i wanted to talk about was uh when uh, grace tells rosemary that hutch is dead and before dying he briefly regains consciousness and says uh to give rosemary this book on witchcraft Mm. and this is really weird We're, we're conflating witchcraft and satanism a lot in this movie but Nobody really seems to know or care back then, so it just kind of happens. But uh, this is where... Um, uh, well, I mean, they are pretty connected. Oh, well, yeah. I think it's only till recently that... <clears throat> People are disconnecting them? Yeah. I mean, wasn't that the whole thing about being a witch, was you were... Frolicking with Satan? Yeah. <laughs> In the clearing? Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 view it differently now, but uh, you know, I don't think it's it's much of a stretch that he you know would associate witchcraft and Satanism. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. The hippies tried to disconnect it, but you know, yeah, it's kind of like uh, the way Tarantino said, uh, "No vampires should be just awful monsters." You know, when he made From Dusk Till Dawn, he's like, they don't need to be all posh. They they should be freaking monsters. But, uh, yeah, this book, um, All of Them Witches, uh, there's a message saying the name is an anagram. Yes. So then uh, what happens from there? And she gets out of Scrabble set. That's what it was. She moves the tiles around. Yeah. And she's she's trying to do the title of the book. But then she realizes it's the author. Oh, it's the it's the um, it's the guy that the book talks about. Yes. So uh, Stephen uh, Mercado. Yeah. Mercado. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> she figures out that Roman Castavet is an anagram oh. mm-hmm. for Stephen Mercado. He's the son of a former Bramford resident and a reputed Satanist. Uh, this is a guy who 
we're supposed to think of as like Aleister Crowley or uh, some somebody of that stature. I Evo guess. Shandor. Evo Shandor. <laughs> <laughs> now I need to look up Evo Shandor. <laughs> I like Shandor. That's a great, uh, just one name. Yeah. yeah I like And then Sh- you throw Evo on the front. Well, sure. I think it stands alone, you know, like Liberace. Shandor. Shandor. Sting. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so she's starting to make connections here. And there is something weird that happens. I don't know if it happens after this point or before this point when the Castavets have them over at the house and she notices that there are places on the wall where pictures once were and they've been moved, like taken down or moved and, and or replaced with pictures that don't fit. I think that's the first time she goes over there. She, I think maybe she comes, it is. they're talking about them when they come back to their own apartment. Yeah. Yeah. They have them over for drinks and steak or something and yeah there's something weird going on and she's starting to get suspicious which is the last thing a coven or cult wants from you is your suspicion so um <clears throat> so we so we've gotten this far um and she's going to try and go to dr hill for some help which uh doesn't bode well for him <laughs> uh he has a terrible accident or something, doesn't he? Well, she goes to him and she tells him everything. Yeah. And you've been with her all along. But then when she blurts it all out in one go, she sounds, she looks really crazy. And uh, you're kind of sympathetic to him uh-huh. lying to her and calling in yeah. uh, the other doctor and so on. And oh, yeah. He she, calls Saperstein. Yeah, That's so what happens. She gets hauled back to the uh, building. I was thinking, doesn't he get like some terrible accident or something? But... No, they don't need to do anything to him. No, because no. he's because she sounds nuts. Yeah. Sometimes when you try to say it all at once, it does sound crazy. You know, when you try and explain how Bigfoot was actually involved with the JFK assassination. Yeah, it sounds nuts, but when you break it down it, in yeah. a series of YouTube videos, <laughs> it all starts making sense. Yeah, but if you try and rattle it off to somebody, you sound crazy. Yeah, this is what's happened to her. Exactly. Yeah. And here's a part. Okay, you guys, this is the part where I believe she gave birth to Satan. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that uh, she believes she's lost the baby. Yes. And it's traumatic, obviously, and, and a horrible thing to go through. And she has to pump her breast milk. But instead of it being thrown away, um, somebody's taking it. Yeah, they, they say that she, they're throwing it away, but then she puts a spoon in it to test them. And mm-hmm. they go, oh, shouldn't do that. And she realizes they're actually using it. Yeah. Because she can hear a baby wailing, which they explain as a new couple. Uh-huh. Right. So do they ever try and explain it away to her or does she discover them before that? I'm trying to, this, like I said, it's been. Well, she knows something's going on. Yeah. So she, they tell her they're going to, they're just going to throw her milk away. Yeah. Although they're collecting it in this glass. Yeah. So she knows something's going on. So by this point, she's palming the drugs they're giving her, mm-hmm. hiding those. She puts a spoon in the uh, milk, which, you know, you know uh, iron is good against yeah. demons. So I guess a metal oh. spoon might hurt it. But anyway, she she uh, puts the spoon in the glass and the woman's like, <gasps> you can't do that. And kind of over overreacts and that tips her off. Yeah. 
Well, she um, she discovers the hidden door going into the Castavet's apartment, mm-hmm. and um, and this is where they find the the group gathered around the bassinet. Mm-hmm. And this, I think this is one of the first times in, in movies that I remember, and I brought this up in a previous episode, where you see all the weirdos leaning in with all the weird camera work. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, like the fisheye lens and sort of thing. Yeah. It had been done in seconds. Um, it, was, it was done in like movies where they have people being brainwashed. So I think seconds it was done in... wasn't... Uh, was it done in Manchurian Candidate? Um, that sounds right. And maybe even a couple of Twilight Zone episodes. It's possible yeah, yeah. it was used in things like that. But I think the other thing about this coven is is one of those um, modern day covens um, where they're very mundane people. Yeah. Um, so like in Night of the Demon. Race with the Devil. Uh yeah, that was after this, but yeah. uh, the seventh victim in the forties, mm-hmm. I think, was the yeah. first. Yeah, but they're they're just like ordinary people. Yeah, I mean, what, what would it be scarier to have a bunch of people dressed in a really weird bunch of garb chasing the people in Race with the Devil, or it's the gas station attendant, it's the farmer over here, it's mm-hmm. it's every it's everyone else in traffic, maybe, and yeah. you're not sure because they're all mundane. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. This this is this is a, a a very effective way of going about uh, you know conveying the, the banality of evil. The banality of evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The bassinet's draped in black with an upside down cross. And. Uh, yeah, she um Rosemary wants to know what's wrong with her baby's eyes. <clears throat> he has his father's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what a great line. Yeah. He has the blackest of eyes. <laughs> uh Roman uh, proclaims that the child is Adrian, Satan's son. Uh you're just Rosemary uh, to mother the child, promising that she'll not have to join the coven if she doesn't want to which sounds like a sales pitch and probably not true. And then you have the woman rocking the baby too much. Yeah. A guy uh, tries to calm her down and says that she'll be able to have her own baby now. Mm-hmm. And she spits in his face. Yes. I like that. She starts rocking the cradle, though, like like she's giving in to the whole maternal instinct or whatever. Um, but this is a... How long is this one? Let's see. It's uh, 136 minutes. A little long for you, Will. But yeah. um, do you think they wasted any time? No. That's the thing about this movie is I think it's it's pretty concise. And uh, the paranoia and the suspense works on a timeline pretty well. Yeah. And the reveal is kind of subtle. Yeah. For what they're revealing? Yeah, I, I worry watching it this time that this one uh, dates doesn't. I don't know if it dates as well as like even a lot of older movies because of the because it was very specific to its time mm-hmm. and it was deliberately coordinated with what was going on at the time. Like the visit of the Pope is timed for the conception and so on. Oh yeah. Um, I worry about it dating for someone coming, some coming fresh to it. 
now because like the, the technology is old, the sexual politics are old. Yeah. The treatment of pregnant women is old. Oh, so much of this stuff um, didn't last another three to five years. Right, and, and then and then the other thing is, as you say, that the big reveal is like uh, there's there's really little. You don't see much. There's like a brief, um, like a, a composite shot, but yeah, yeah. I I I got I gotta say it's it's probably like trying to, after just assaulting somebody's palate with a bunch of crazy candy, trying to give them some subtle treat and having them go, "What's this?" <laughs> you know, and I kind of feel like movies are Iced the same milk. way. Iced <laughs> milk. Yes. <laughs> Because this one was like so contemporary and, and shocking at in 1968. Yeah. It really worked. And so I worry about it working now. Because, and, and the other thing is so many movies took this and ran with it. That's that's would be my uh, my big concern is that somebody coming into this fresh has seen so many of these little <laughs> tricks that when it's revealed. Uh, I think, though, that the paranoia comes across strong enough. Okay. I think it might be able to, to entertain someone coming into it fresh, but yeah, um, it has dated in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah, as, as you say, it works as a great piece of filmmaking. You'd always enjoy it for that, but yeah. Yeah. The horror aspect I think has lost its punch. Yeah. And you know, I'm able to, watch things from before my time. And I, I, mm-hmm. I sometimes don't understand why people have trouble watching things from before their time and, and kind of just allowing it to happen and, and enjoying it for what it is rather than comparing it against everything else that it's influenced. Everyone who's stood on the shoulders of giants and <clears throat> made right. their things that aren't as good as this thing. But um, can I, can I go on a tangent here? Please do. <laughs> I overheard two uh, teenage girls uh, debating whether or not Romeo and Juliet was popular because Leonardo DiCaprio had been in it, or if it was Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> they finally decided that it was probably Shakespeare, but uh, they weren't entirely sure. Yeah. So. So. Uh, can I read you a bit? Please. Please. Uh, I also watched uh, Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a TV movie <laughs> from Halloween of 76. Oh, my God. Uh, Rosemary's played by Patty Duke Austin. Austin. Hey, finally. Um, Holtzman is played by Broderick Crawford. Uh, Ruth Gordon is played by Ruth Gordon. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, Guy Woodhouse is played by George Maharis in this one. Roman Castavet is played by Ray Milland. Um, so, so this one, uh, so I, shall I give you the rundown? Yes, please, please, please do. Uh, so this is from a book called uh, Cyborgs, Santa Claus and Satan, science fiction, fantasy and horror films made for television by Fraser A. Sherman. Uh, eight years ago, in Rosemary's Baby, Rosemary Woodhouse was seduced by Satan and bore his child. Hmm. Um, she and her son, Andrew, flee the satanic coven, Andrew. raising him. But Andrew's demonic side, Adrian, <clears throat> emerges at a bus stop and kills two kids tormenting him. He doesn't actually kill them. 
he uh, he stuns them, he knocks them out, and then an, a woman lies to Rosemary and says that he killed them. Oh, okay. But he doesn't actually. Rosemary rushes onto the next bus, which drives away with no driver or passengers, leaving Andrew behind with the floozy Margine. The floozy? Yes. Um, she's a prostitute living in a trailer. Oh, okay. Um, so that's that. thus <clears throat> ends the book of Rosemary, and then the title comes up, Book of Adrian. Oh. So 13 years later, Margine, the floozy, has joined the cult and runs a thriving casino. Adrian, tormented and restless, is about to turn 21. So you know he's the son of Satan because he does. he's into rock and roll and he drives cars too fast. Oh, sure. Um, Bet he'd wear a Ramones t-shirt too. <laughs> smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be right on it if he was wearing a Ramones t-shirt in yeah. 76. Um, anyway, at which point he must affirm his evil side by taking a life or the cult will destroy him and start over. One thing about this film, they keep manipulating the mythology just keeps yeah. changing um even when provoked adrian doesn't kill but on the night of his birthday he leads the casino house band in wildly orgiastic music there's lots of fragging orgiastic music um corrupting the innocence in the audience i.e killing their souls uh i.e the the cameras fixated in a lot of tank tops and butts ah. um the cavern is delighted until adrian's best friend peter get it mm-hmm. intervenes the cultists kill him he gets oh. zapped with a power cable um which snaps adrian back to andrew the cult frames andrew for peter's murder and has him committed ellen a nurse helps him escape but she's really a coven member oh no after she seduces andrew into impregnating her or impregnating her the coven frames him for another murder and starts over with Satan's grandchild. Oh, Satan's grandchild. Rosemary's Baby's portrayal of contemporary Satanists in Manhattan made it a commercial hit and a classic of modern horror films. The sequel is just an aimless, confused mess. McCatty does his best at looking tormented and Gordon recreates her Oscar-winning role from the original as a waspish elderly Satanist. Wow. That sounds like a masterpiece. So, did you watch this? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, but uh, mostly Ray Milland and uh, her, her, Ruth Gordon, uh, you just hear their voiceovers um, like patching over plot holes and things like oh, that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting the mythology around and stuff. Mm. So they had to bring so it in. So it's a recommend? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you get Every see, bit as good as the original. It's as subtle as the original because when something evil happens, like the, the eyes light up and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds just like the original. Yeah. Oh, the seventies, the atrocities of the seventies. Oh, made um, for TV movies. So, nineteen sixty-eight uh, is when this movie was made and released, um, and it's set in sixty-six. Yeah. So uh, it starts in October of sixty-five. Yeah, and mostly takes place in sixty-six mm-hmm. after Christmas. Um, is it because it has some sixes in it? Because the, yeah. the because, papal visit. Uh, when R11 was um, writing it, he wanted to link it to what was going on in New York and America in general. So he was you know, reading all the papers and stuff. And then when he saw that the Pope was going to visit on that date, he thought, oh, that's when she's going to get pregnant. 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 Yes. Then they're going to go to uh, Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, do the recommends kind of go without saying? Should we do them anyway? Yeah, I highly recommend this. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the young horror fans need to just like get, chill, get over themselves and watch this. Yeah. Enjoy the subtlety. Yeah. Enjoy the chalky undertaste. Well, well done film. And, and realize that that is God, God is Dead magazine cover was an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. That did happen, yes. Yeah, um, Anton LaVey was on the cover of Look magazine. Uh, yeah, this was this was the time when this stuff was happening. So, God did die in 1968, <laughs> as evidenced by Nixon's election. <laughs> right. So, Jolie, and a recommend on yep. this one? Yeah, same here. Uh, it it's it's just that good, and we will separate the uh, art from the artist as far as the director and. Um, Adapter of screenplay go. Uh, yes. Uh, Roman Polanski did some terrible things. And uh, suffered some terrible things too. He did. Yeah. This is true. And look up the Manson murders for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, after this. Yeah. Yeah. He j- didn't get to enjoy the success for very long before that tragedy. And well, that's what Satan does to you. Yeah. It's like. Uh, Builds you up and knocks you down. Yeah. 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 What a cat. Yeah. What a cat, indeed. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a really weird, uh, you know, next step in his story, you know, next chapter in his story. Uh, yeah, all I can say is, wow, about that. Uh, 1968, we also got uh, Night of Living Dead. Mm-hmm. What shed year? Yeah, a few other ones, too, wasn't there? Uh, well, in uh, terms of screen violence, you had, like, uh, Wild Bunch came out. That's right. Yeah. That was, was that 68 <clears throat> I think that 69? was 69. Um, hey, there was a version of Romeo and Juliet. Was Bonnie, and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde, right? Yeah. Oh man, uh, the ratings was collapsing. Uh huh. Easy Rider had come out. Yeah. Changed everything. Yeah, you got Bullet, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Yellow Submarine. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's 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 do a real a real so, quick. Some not oh, so good movies. Duh, Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have mentioned yeah. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um two thousand one a Space Odyssey. Yeah. The Odd Couple. Oh. Wow. A whole bunch of great stuff. A uh, funny girl. Um yeah, a version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, no, you, that's that's not a bad one. Before uh you know yeah, well, I mean, it was, Leonardo. Yeah. I mean in terms of movies in general, but the, the like the this is like watershed time for screen violence and mm-hmm. and uh, and horror films. You had Night of the Living Dead, which wasn't the big hit at the time. No, but um, that and Rosemary's Baby. There's like there was horror movies before that, and then there was horror movies afterwards. It's, I wonder if Night of the Living Dead would have been as big if it hadn't accidentally been put in the public domain. Hmm. Because everybody could show it then. Yeah. yeah. Um, you do have to wonder about that. Yeah. Not that it's not a, a good or entertaining film, but I I imagine that really helped sell it a lot like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that that is really interesting to consider because, yeah, the the duplicate copies of the movie were just rampant. They were yeah. everywhere. And they were low quality. They were copies of copies of copies by that point. Spider Baby came out in 68. Well. Ooh. Yes. 
We didn't Man. say we didn't say just good movies, did we? That's a good movie. That's a fantastic movie. I do like that movie. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I've got the song in my head right now. Yeah. That was one of those that I could not wait to see and could not find anywhere for the longest time. Wasn't until this podcast I actually got a chance mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah, we've uh, we've made quite a, a journey of uh, viewing things we wouldn't normally view because mm-hmm. of the show. Twenty seven years strong. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. Ever since nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. I should have done the math better, but <laughs> right. Our listeners won't know. Yeah, they're horror fans, not math magicians. <laughs> Mathemagicians. Mathemagicians. Pregnant mathemagicians. <laughs> or mathletes. Well, Jolien, it's going to be back to you for next time. Okay. Did well, you have Easter. Oh. Which is the time of things coming back from the dead. Yes. Uh, what do you think about doing uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula? I'm I would love for to watch it. that again. Okay. I need someone to make me watch it again. And this is just just what I needed. Because I keep going, no, it's got Brad Pitt in it. That's kind of cool. No, <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted an excuse to watch it again, too. See, I was making a little joke there about Vampire Lestat. Oh. Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. No, this one's <laughs> even better. This one's got Winona Ryder and what's-his-face in it? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Where's my it accent, man? Gary Oldman in it, though. Tom Waits is in it. Yeah, I know everybody loves Tom Waits. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people in this one. So, yeah, we should watch this one. Cool, let's do it. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Um, I don't think so. Just get over yourselves and watch this movie, youngsters. I don't know why they would be listening to this if they hadn't seen it, but... Yeah, podcast. I listen to podcasts that I don't but I haven't watched the movie yet. But you're trying to go to sleep. Well, yeah. I, I don't think my voice is that soothing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, for me personally, it has to be a single host. Yeah. I Maybe a conversation and I have a guest, but if you got a couple hosts trying to play off each other and not going to sleep. Too much banter messes Too up your sleep. Too much banter, yeah. yeah. I'd right. rather listen to about some grisly crime it happened, you know, 50 years ago. <laughs> sure. That's a, that's a better way to go to sleep. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, just just listen to that and have a cup of chocolate mousse. <clears throat> mm, yes. With its chalky undertaste <laughs> and weird mouth feel. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. Time bananas.